Okay, we're a rocking and a rolling. Yeah, and a rolling. it's a nice little Wednesday. It's a nice Wednesday. We're right back at it. Of course, I am your host, Addy Net, and I got my main man, Casey Carpenter. What's up, Casey? The Carp Show. The Carp Show's in the house. <laughs> choo-choo, here comes the train. Choo-choo. Jump on all aboard. Yeah, we had a tall guy in here. Oh, is the mic off? Uh, so, uh, it's yeah, other my people big use this studio, so it always takes Cheryl like a few minutes to get all of our... Yeah, we got to get dialed in a little I bit. can always tell when I'm sitting in the seat, because you usually sit there and I sit here, but I can always tell if someone, if someone of like a massively different height is... I like, when it, cool. I, like, I like when it's not locked in, you sit in and just launch yourself. It just launches <laughs> back. Yeah, like, yeah, boom, eject. Yeah, yeah, eject button. So we've got... Two important things I want to make sure that we cover today, um, and then there might be a bonus third item. It just depends. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna have enough time. We got all the time in the world. We run the show. I did have somebody make a comment to me saying, uh, "As of late, we have been rambling for forty-five minutes, four to five minutes at the beginning." It wasn't negative in the sense of. Just like, yeah, it's been taking you guys a while to get kind of things going. Well, here's your three bulletin points for the day. <laughs> right. We're, we're trying not to be like a YouTube video. Yeah. You know, like, here you go in this video. But the first one is exciting for a lot of people. And you've probably been experiencing um, kind of social media posts or advertisements on this. It's called the Family Opportunity mortgage Mm -hmm. so i am going to go over the basics of this at first i thought it was a scam family opmo is that official or i don't know i just made it official family opportunity mortgage we're gonna go over what that program is it might be beneficial for you if you're trying to figure out how to get housing for your parents or people uh retiring so we'll go through that Second bullet is going to be uh, credit scores. So this is massive. So Carp and I have noticed this year with the new credit models and how people are scoring, this is changing what interest rate you can get and even more impacting the amount of closing costs you have to pay. So it's possible that your down payment might have just increased or de- decreased based on your new credit score. And trust me, this is kind of eye-opening do you do i say trust me a lot i feel like i mean we're we're trusted advisors so but if you are i feel like i shouldn't have to say trust me you can trust us i don't know i'm over myself today for some reason okay so before we get into it you are either watching or listening to mlo i've definitely totally messed up the intro and all that stuff and for the uh, haters out there that was only three minutes before Yeah, that's we're clipping this down. So let's go into the family opportunity mortgage. I know you know, but before you knew what it was, what did you think that was? Just by the title, Carp. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was like a combined income of a household thing to like bring in additional people on for qualifying. You know, like getting. You know, we do see it a lot. Like, if you're unaware, you can qualify for a home loan with. More than just yourself, you can have some co-signers. Like a, yeah, and a co-signer, co-borrower. Sometimes we yep. have families where it's you know mom, dad, son, and daughter. Yep. You know, like uh, I think you. Can I go, wanted I think, to just hear what you would guess it was. Like, yeah, I, 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 I thought. I thought, thought I, yeah, I just thought it was like a combined household type mortgage. You're getting everybody involved. You know, four, I five, feel, six people on the loan. 
Okay, okay. See, I first thought maybe it was like this down payment assistance. Like mm-hmm. if, if Nana's living with you, you get like an extra grand. <laughs> Based on her age? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you got to watch out for that redlining yeah, out there. Yeah, if you're like 73, you get you get like a like like 100 bucks for every year. But if age, she's 72, like, so, you get 200. <laughs> no, no, no. It would be... <laughs> <laughs> it would be a hundred dollars for every year of age. So if it was seventy two, you got seventy two hundred bucks. Seventy three, seventy three hundred bucks. Oh yeah, and it nice. just keeps going. Oh wow, yeah. I can no, see how that went at all. I can see how that can start to get sticky real fast. What if I close on her birthday? Well, the application was done before her without. No. Is that white out on the birth certificate? You're right. <laughs> We just to verify that. So the Family Opportunity Act is neither of those things, in case you were wondering. What it is, so I'm going to tell this in story form. Let's say um, Casey's parents want to buy a home, but they can't afford it. They're on Social Security income. Mm-hmm. They just can't afford the monthly payment, That's especially now income. with the rate so high, right? Yep. A lot of times family members or kids then step in and say, okay, well, I'll just buy a home for my parents. It'll be an investment for me and I'll let them pay rent to me. This is a win-win. I can invest my money, get appreciation. My parents have a place to live. Maybe I give them subsidized rent. I'm not trying to make a ton of money off of it. Whatever the story might be. The challenge with that piece is since the kids would be the applicants for the mortgage and the actual owners, they are forced to deem that as a investment property Mm. rather than their primary home or vacation home. So an investment property, not a lot of people really think through this when they're like, oh, I want to get into investing in properties and buying more and flipping them. There's a completely different set of qualifications required for your debt income, credit scores, post-closing savings, but you're typically subject to significantly worse terms on the financing. So just to give some rough estimates, let's say a primary 30-year fix is at 6%, just for easy numbers, right? You're probably looking at that interest rate being 7 to 7.5%. Yep. And you're probably looking at needing to do a down payment of 20 to 25. Now there are lower down payment options on the investment property, but the terms and the fees and the penalties and get horrible should really not even think about buying an investment property to get decent investment terms on the loan. If you don't have 25% down. Yeah. I mean, the biggest hurdle usually is that down payment for the down payment, but then also you got to, you do need to qualify for a lot of things and show rent schedules and Mm -hmm. it's a moving piece. So the family opportunity act going back to the super saver coupon, super saver coupon. (laughs) What this allows the kids to do for their parents is purchase that home for their parents, with the intention of having their parents live in it, right? And the kids can actually get primary terms on the loan. So this is really, really, it saves them a ton of money on the interest rate. It saves them maybe one to 2% in total fees paid. So this is a huge, huge, huge benefit. Just another option right now. Yep. I never saw, it never really mattered back in, the two to 3% mortgage world days. Cause people can make the debt to income work and all that stuff. Um, but this is a pretty big advantage. I mean, especially if you're buying say six, seven, $800,000 home, 
right? Saving 1 to 2% in closing costs and having a 1% yes. lower interest rate, that's big. Yeah, I mean, I think the reality is for most parents and stuff like that, like they are on a fixed income. From, they absolutely you are. You know, it's, it's usually some type of, uh, you know, pension, retirement from all the hard years they worked, you know? Yeah. Um, but they might want to live in, like, say they want to live in Portland or Seattle because their kids are there, the grandkids are there, but they can't afford that. Right. Oh. Because they're coming from a well, cheaper... And the reality of it, city. too, is as you're that age of life, like, you're not in the hustle and grind mode of making more money, you know, and, like, increasing your incomes. You've now... Yep. Just you know, fixed. downsized all your expenses, living on a fixed budget. Like this right. is where you start to funnel and kind of hone in. You're like, okay, I got, daddy's got fifteen hundred dollars to play money for golf this this month, right? Nice. But that's a big golf budget. You know, that's huge. Let's be honest, yeah. about two fifty. Um, <laughs> but like, it's the fixed income part that really does yeah uh, struggle for a lot of people. I mean, social security, social security disability, pension, retirement, like. Those are fixed incomes. They might increase a little bit per year, you yeah. know, but it's not like you can just go put in another 20 hours of OT work to get some Make extra it money. It's not, that's not what they're doing at that time of their life. Yeah. They might get a couple so, Walmart greeter shifts. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how, I mean, you know, how do you qualify? This program is actually pretty cool. You, that, yeah. you know, that uh, son, the daughter. That's a good way to go. The for kid it. can step in. Yeah. Cause there's a ton of people that don't. <clears throat> Don't at the, oh, we didn't talk about the down payment. So that primary opens up really good terms, even as low as a five percent down. Yeah, that's there huge. it is. Yeah, because yeah, you can go. I think it's even ten percent down on investment properties for single family. That's ten to fifteen, something like that. Don't quote me on it. But here's the reality of the situation: you're paying every so many more fees. It's almost two to three percent more in fee, and anyone mm. is not going to reduce their down payment by ten percent to right. increase. That's just not a great use of money. So simplified investment property really need twenty five percent down minimum to make it work, and it's still hard to make it work. But going that primary, buying that house for your parents on the Family Opportunity Act, you could go five percent down. That saves a ton of cash out of pocket. Can so. you can you already own your primary? Yeah. And then be buying the primary as well? Yeah. Can you do it without owning a primary and buying the primary? Yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah, That's and also, too, much, to much surprise, because when this first was presented to me, there was, like, some social media push going on it, and, like, I think, I think it was, like, a bank or mortgage company was advertising this. And I always know when there's a ton of advertisements yeah. because I get, like, half a dozen of the calls about these advertisements. They don't say it is, but it's like, hey, we're super interested in the family opportunity mortgage. And I'm like, oh, great. I know we didn't send out anything about that. <laughs> yeah. So I talked to one of our scenarios desk and underwriter, because to my surprise, it's very streamlined. I thought for sure we'd need like a blood sample from mom and dad totally. and Nana and yeah. Papa. And we need, yeah. <laughs> we need like full docs. It's super streamlined. Ancestry.com. You got to go through <laughs> yeah, the whole totally. tree. We're going to mail you this kit. We're so we're going to need everyone within a 30 mile ra radius yeah. of you to complete those ancestry. Swab your lip and put it in this vial and send it back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Eddie, Carp, where are we at with my uh, family opportunity birth? We're waiting for the swab results. Swab <laughs> results, you know. It looks like you just checked checking it. the portal. Yeah, it just got sent out from Sweden. It should be here. Did your dog send in their prints? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think no, that's No, I mean, but, I mean, 
uh, opportunity loan that helps family members buy for family members. I mean, it's, I mean, you're say you're, so tell me it's this. It's an option. Yeah, it's an option. Um, we don't have to sit on this for much longer if you don't want to. But no, you I, seem I, I'm, I'm curious, okay. you know, with it. So conventional loan only? Conventional, yeah. No government It's a Fannie Freddie okay, family Okay, Fannie Freddie. Yeah. I, I don't think you can do the FHA. Or Good to know, though. Yeah. It's got like a minimum credit score thing or? I mean, you know the whole world, Fannie and Freddie guidelines. So, how low can that go? Say it's like a six hundred. But in all reality, you and I both. You want to be above six forty at least, dude. And that's such a good accidental segue to our second uh, point of credit there we scores. Go. So, so, our second point, we're going to talk about credit score impacts. And please hang with us because, like, everyone knows, oh, the better the credit score, easier it is. But. You're going to hear, once again, advertisements, minimum credit scores for different loan products being, you know, 580 for a VA, 580 for an FHA, 620 for a conventional. But the reality of the situation is if you're under 700, it's really, really challenging right now to get reasonable terms. I love that term reasonable terms, like not huge increase in your closing costs, huge dramatic rate increase. But the biggest thing that Carp and I have seen this week is the penalization between the lower 700s mm -hmm. and the higher 700s. So, and I'm hoping that I'm explaining this well. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, it just wasn't that much of a reality over the last few years like you really didn't see giant swings for the credit scores as we had those lower rate markets they all started to kind of blend together you know like yeah. a 740 and a 760 were very similar you know um you're just seeing right now market change higher risks risk tolerances for for loans and and you know servicers and all that kind of stuff so you're seeing these adjustments be made now that actually are big cost for you so it's, it's something to be aware of and i'm seeing a lot of actually like lower like it just things have happened we've talked about like higher debts higher credit card usage in the country everyone knows inflation's been up right and a lot of these credits credit reports that i've pulled like the clients are sitting at like a 700 to 720 range and you can see that they've had a hiccup in the last year or so because they had a credit card late or something right you know missed a payment and I want to dive into that, but I want to dive into the changes we've seen in the scores because they have been going up. Mm -hmm. uh, the average credit score I've noticed is much higher yeah. than five years ago. But before that, I want to explain the credit to the interest rate and closing costs. Yes. So really, really quick, I'm going to be using terminology of tier levels. So there's different tier levels like a stairs for what a rate would cost a person based on their credit score. So let's say 780 and higher is top tier, guys. So if grandma says, I have an 810, and papa says, I have a 790, in the world of getting a mortgage and an interest rate, those two credit scores are in the same top tier, just so you know. And then it reduces to 20-point levels. So you got 780 down to 760, 740, 720, and so on. So let's say the 780 and higher is borrowing a half a million dollars, and they can get an interest rate of 6%. That might cost them $0 in extra closing costs or points or whatever, because they're tier one, right? So if you go down 
below 780. So this range would be the 760 to 779. They might be charging you half percent. So half percent of a half a million dollars would be $2,500. So that is a huge difference right there in just a couple points. And I'll tell you, you know, 779 and 780 are two different buckets, even if you're one away. Yep. So the biggest change we're seeing is like we were, I call it pricing out. We saw a 1% fee difference from a 739 to a 780. So the 739 credit score, which is a really good credit score, pays $5,000 for a half a million dollar loan in closing costs. That's points assessed for mm -hmm. the rate selected for that same interest rate. So th that this is really massive. Like people struggle just to get down payments. Just a lot of this just gets absor absorbed because they're like, oh, I'd take a higher rate or negotiate closing costs with, with these credits. But that was a huge eye opener to me. Is like, really? Man, a 739 to a 780 doesn't seem like that big of a difference. Not at all. But to your point before, a big change in the credit reporting laws and all that is I think the they're looking at a shorter timeline of your credit history. Um, and giving kind of leniencies on like, oh, you might have one late payment or whatever in the last two years, not a big deal. We're not going to drop you from a 780 to a 620. Right. We'll drop you into the low 700s for a year where you can kind of hang out in the guest room. Right? <laughs> yeah. But we never used to see that big of a discrepancy, like a $5,000 difference in a low 700 and a and a high 700s yeah hopefully the way i explained that with the tiers yeah and, and the tiers i mean what you know addy's breaking down is they're just it's called like loan level pricing adjustments so every little kind of change credit scores change in down payment just has pricing adjustments to those interest rates associated and that can end up essentially for you either higher lower interest rates higher or lower costs for the interest rates right and we're seeing more costs out there than we've seen before based off of those adjustments um and the 739 credit score is a good credit score like don't beat yourself up if you're like oh my god yeah. i don't have an 800 credit score like nobody gets any extra kudos kudos for that but there is some reality now that we're seeing and that's just a market change and you know risk assessments that are going on where now hey that extra five thousand dollar cost to you you know, it it might be worth us just kind of reviewing that credit. Maybe there's just like a credit card we could pay down to boost that score a little bit or something. It could just be worth that yeah. conversation where beforehand we weren't really that, you know, carried away with it because you were still getting great pricing, not a lot of cost, good interest rate at a 739, right? Yeah, I feel like the new seven, I think everyone's scores are like 20 to 30 points higher than they used to be. Mm -hmm. I um, agree. So that lower 700s in 2024, might have been a high 600s in 2018. Yeah. Um, and it's fair. There's nothing wrong with that. But investors, people fronting all this money, understand that there's more of a risk. Like you could have a late payment and have in the last year and still have a 700 something credit score and be maxed out. And investors have gotten smart on that. So they're going to charge you more because it's a higher risk. Mm -hmm. Or to also remember that story I gave was relative to the 780 and the 739 getting the same interest rate. What a lot of people do, the 739 might be like, hey, Carp, I don't have an extra five grand. Raise my interest rate from a six to six and a half so I don't have to pay 
any extra fees for that either. Yep. I do not know why I used that little. Yeah, it's just like a uh, gator snap. The Pac Man, you know? The Pac Man, they get in the little dots. <laughs> I mean, but credit scores do impact, you know, the loan. So it's definitely something to be qualifying ratio aware of and yeah. stuff. And, uh, you know, it's a good question out there, too. I mean, you'll, you will see lenders put their own requirements for loans for credit scores as well. Most of the time, that's a lender that's going to sell off their mortgage to a investor or a servicer. They're not going to retain that home loan. And so you might see them put their own base minimum credit score requirement on there. But do be advised um, that that's not always the reality on what that minimum credit score is needed for that loan. A very good one to go off of is like, Plenty of lenders out there will say, hey, you have to have a 600 credit score to do a VA loan or 580 or 620 or whatever they're calling you. And the reality is the VA loan actually does not require a credit score. But the lower your credit scores are, you want to be aware that that's where those extra pricings like we just went into, those extra costs Mm -hmm. can come into play. So it is good to try to have a decent credit score at least know where it is know kind of you know where your balances are to try to maintain a good credit score if you can yeah yeah man it's so true i mean just to put a final pin in this subject here i want to recap how mortgage credits are mortgage credit score is significantly different than the estimators you're seeing on your chase oh, yeah, good point bank. good point because even like excuse me i had something to throw um I get this all the time. I had it over the weekend. Hey, what, 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 what rate can you give me? A ten credit score. Well, literally in the last, I don't know, three or four hundred loan applications that we've ran credit for on our team, I've maybe seen two or three eight hundred plus credit scores because it's different than that FICO estimator. Um, a, it's called an estimate, so. Let's start with what it's called. (laughs) Secondly, when you are receiving those estimators, they're from one of the three credit bureaus, Experian, Equifax, TransUnion, right? And once again, going back to the title of the estimator, it's an estimate. So when you come to a mortgage individual like myself or CARP, it's actually doing a hard inquiry. So it's, it's not just guessing or taking public data or do they have any payments or not? Do they being what's their selective limit? on what's being used, you know, and it's a, like a hard pull often pulls in collections, missed payments. Those estimators don't all the time. Sometimes the estimator might just be like, Oh, Carpinati never had a late payment in the last two years. They've got a credit limit of 20,000 boom, 800 score. But if you actually pulled it and like, oh, my balances are much higher than that, my credit utilization ratio is maxed out, and I accidentally had a late payment two months ago, which wasn't on the estimator, you could see a massive discrepancy. So going to when you pull your credit and apply for a mortgage with Carp and I, it pulls the actual score from all three bureaus and it'll take the middle of those scores. So let's say you have a 790, 770, and 780, your score would be 780, the middle of those three. But say Carp and I are buying a house together, right? Yeah, nice. So say Carp's a 780, but we pull Addy and Addy has a, a little whoopsie-doo. <laughs> I might have 790, 700, 710. So my mid would be 700. And even though Carp is 780 and I'm 700, our team score is the lower of the two. Good point. 
a lot of people don't know that too when they're applying with other people you know but it comes back to be really challenging for individuals that aren't committed to working with one individual they're just shopping around different more they're not really they're just doing a soft pull if you're getting a quote with a soft pull credit like through rocket mortgage or whatever like we don't do hard credit pull mortgages that's not accurate pricing because that's often in your favor rather than knowing your true mid score from all the bureaus. So, and it going back to the tier levels, like say Carp and I don't work on the same team. I might punch in, Carp might have a real credit report and be quoting someone the cost for that 6% with their 739. And then they call me. I'm over in like my sleazy cubicle, leaning back with a bag of Doritos, yeah. wiping them off my shirt. Yeah. And like, well, what's with your credit gulp. score? And Susie looks at her, once again, it's called an estimate, and tells Addie, I'm 800. So I might quote you 6% at $5,000 less than CARP. Now you think CARP's a scam artist, mm-hmm. even though CARP's doing, doing it the right way, but I'm over here with Doritos on my chest. With <laughs> a sticky keyboard. You know, those Doritos little flakes get under there. Don't trust the sticky keyboard. Don't trust the sticky keyboard. But the reality is... These are like real things we deal with. No, I mean, we make light of it, but, you know, as consumers out there, it's... It is so interesting to me how you take one of the biggest financial purchases of people's careers uh, and lives, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it's treated sometimes like it's just a willy-nilly getting a $1,000 credit card. I'm just going to shop here, take advice from there, go there. I'm going to make a quick decision. I'm not going to get like advice on it. Right. And we're behind the home. And it's like, dude, this is the <clears throat> craziest thing to me. You see people like rushing, rushing. It's like... Not this is everybody. The smart person out there is going to take their time, get the right advice. We yeah, know that. Sure. But you, we get a lot of people that are just like application. They want a pre-approval within an hour. And, you know, that's the reality of things. We're moving on with the purchase. Like get some advice, mm-hmm. go through the process. Maybe there's some things to work out. You know, it's like treat a mortgage a little bit more diligently than just like going out and getting that fast cash at the little store that's next to the 7-Eleven, you know? (laughs) The The check and go. Yeah, the check and go. Like, come on, guys. Payday loans. Yeah, payday loans. That's what it's treated like sometimes by clients. Um, But you guys are going to be smarter than that. Like, take some advice and and go down the right path. It's so true. I mean, and it's challenging in this market, too, because I was explaining this to one of my clients who are having a mortgage strategy. They plan to sell their house and buy another one and work working out the timing of it all. And they think that their home's worth more than what it is right now. That happens all the time, right? And I was explaining to them the importance of like listening to their agent and pricing it accordingly mm-hmm. to recent mm-hmm. comparable sales and not an emotional like, oh, well, we upgraded this. And do you know how much this tile was? And we went this fancy sink. Like you're not getting as much of those values of the input or, or ROI on it, I yep. suppose. <clears throat> but I was kind of giving them a perspective. I was like, a lot of buyers right now are out looking at homes. Think about what convinced them to want to do that right now. So you've got a real estate agent, they call them buyer's agent, is also a salesperson. So they've made painted this picture for the buyers. Like, oh, we're going to be able to lowball people. This is the time to buy. When it's a buyer's market, I'll negotiate closing costs. So they're in the agent's car being sold on the fact that they'll be able to do that. 
<clears throat> then they're looking at homes from that lens. They're going to at homes that they're going to be able to look like it's some flea market down in Mexico City. Yep. We aren't buying a fanny pack, knockoff Nike shoes. No bartering happening. There's here. no bartering. It's not a pinata <laughs> or, you know, f- <laughs> yeah. what's a Mexican candy? Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. Cheek, like, yeah, the cheek. <laughs> yeah, the gum. This is a home. But if you've got a seller that's emotionally evaluating their home and they're it, it you're swimming upstream both ways like there's a lot of headbutting there yep. so sometimes you really have to think through that process of like what has convinced a buyer to get into a realtor's car to go look at homes and what lens is that perspective like it's yeah i kind of find the underlying um motivation really you know for a client sometimes and honestly i like having that conversation up front to the like me and Addie have been doing this now for 10 years. Like we're getting kind of, crusty. you know, not crusty. We're seasoned into <laughs> sure. it to where we're, you know, we used to just yeah, give like out. It. I mean, don't be wrong guys. Like our time is valuable too. You know, and, you know, we are commissioned salespeople. So it's like, I can tell up front when a person just wants to see rates and they don't want advice. They don't want education. Sure. There's no need for me to go into a one to two hour consultation with them you know, when they just want the quick and dirty rate. And do I give them the education still? Absolutely. But to a point like of maybe you should consider taking some time. Here's some difference between kind of mortgage brokers, credit unions, mortgage advisors like myself and, you know, the model. So they understand. Um, But diving deep, like to Addie's point, like finding the motivation of the client, you know, is a big thing. Uh, I think, you know, a buyer out in this market today, I mean, the reality would be, Maybe there's some still negotiation room that the seller's willing to do. The houses aren't still selling as quickly. You know, they're on the market a little bit. Maybe, you know, for the most part, we've always kind of said this. Until, until the universe aligns and there's some magical moment where the housing prices come back down or something, you're buying a house in today's market price that isn't going to be the same because of appreciation, you know, and increased mm. price down the road. So today's price of that house is more than likely going to be cheaper than the future year's price of that house. You know, Wait, so, say that again? So today's price of the house, yeah, $500,000 house, mm-hmm. you know, five years from now, might be now five fifty, six hundred. Yeah, right? got it. The future price of that house. So, you know, if you're in the market and you're buying as that buyer, motivation would be trying to just get into a home at today's price, knowing we can change that financing, refinance maybe. Sure in the future to a long-term lower mortgage payment. Mortgages can be changed. Home prices cannot. It's a one-time price. For sure, man. I love that. I'm. That's all I got. I don't think we're (laughs) going to talk about the third piece. I mean, we're at 30 minutes already, or do you think? Yeah, we well, I mean, we could, we could just touch on it for a second. And sure. We'll say it's our boy, Ed Schwartz. Yeah. Um, Ed Schwartz. Shout out to Ed over Ed there at uh, Symmetry Lending. Um, do a lot of home equity line he of credits. He was on a, the podcast. We should get him back on the podcast. That was like 2020. Yeah. A long time ago. That was a good one. But, but we do mention this a lot, you know, other alternative ways yeah. of financing. So this scenario, really quick, let's say you own a home outright, no mortgage on it. Surprisingly, per this information from Ed, 40% of homes in the U.S. do not have a mortgage on them. Oh, wow. Um, put it in story form. I actually have a lot of people in California who own their home outright and they plan to relocate to the Pacific Northwest, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, depends 
Um, but they want to sell first and then go buy. So we utilize some of our broker partners like Ed to do a home equity line of credit on this outright owned home. They call it a, a first HELOC, first position. And sometimes that can be really challenging because people think that there's like a early payoff penalty or this or the, that. Now the market has adjusted to the fact that they're allowing people to utilize this product as if it's a bridge loan. So that is yep. a new kind of wave we have there. Expect pretty bad interest rates on those. You're talking 10 to 15%, depending on credit score and yeah. loan to value. It's kind of the easy way to remember it. But people are doing that. Yeah. People are doing that right now. They're getting their, they own their home outright. They're like, okay, great. I'm going to pull out half a million, go buy this other half a million. Boom. I bought that other home. We're going to list this property for sale, sell it pay off that line. Then I made the extra chunk change. Now I got an extra 500 K and I already own this home on a half a million. One of the things that we really specialize in is something called a recast. So because at our company, new American, we service um, a majority of our loans. It's like 95% or more or something, unless it's yep. some special one-off case. So we don't sell your loan. Um, we allow for a recasting of your mortgage. Uh -huh. So you could take a lump sum, I think it's five grand or more for a basic processing fee and actually deposit it toward the principal balance, reduce what you own the home and recast or re-amortize your payment into a lower payment. Yes. Very, very important tool um, and a great solution, especially for fixed income retirees. Like, hey, I'm only getting... 4,000 a month and I got groceries and bills and this, I know I took this big loan out. Yeah. I need the payments to be down. Yeah. So the recast, especially when you're, when you're having a house to sell that maybe you're purchasing ahead of the time, then selling that house, come back, you can apply that, you know, proceeds and stuff like that at the home loaning. And then you're good to go. And you're good to go. Well, that only took four minutes. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Just another way for you to access equity in the home because you can't just reach into the walls and pull out cash. Some, did you see that one? Uh, Unless you're the cartel. But did you, there was a thing on the news where um, a family member passed away and then uh, the kids sold the home. Right. And when the people that bought it, they found stacks of money in the wall. And the former family tried to get the rights for the money. Like, That's our money. And tried to sue them. Fail. No. No, they sold the property. No. There was money, like stacks. Of All right. Then check the walls, especially on Grandpa's house. What did they live? The Ozarks? Was this one of no, the Ozarks? It was, I don't remember. I don't remember. I want to say it was like Boston or something. Ah, oh, classic. Yeah. I feel like you need, instead of like a stud finder, it should be like a money stack finder. Their That'd be a great closing. Their game. grandpa's like Whitey Bulger, one of the original Boston mob guys, Hillside Gang. <laughs> this is where I'm going to stash my money. Hey, you know, it's the trick thing. is just, you know, if it's hollow, you can hear. If it's solid, you know, it's a little firm. Not, but would you be able to Not going to drywall hear? a little bit. Figure it out. I mean, if you had stacks of hundos. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, oh, this is a. Some yeah, I don't think well you insulated wall. Yeah, right you here. would think like, oh wow, they didn't. Wow. They but didn't. you could, you could, you know, you knock around. Why is this one so light over here? Why is this one so heavy? I think it'd be challenging to find someone experienced in the sound difference of knocking on sheetrock, of which has money behind it, not. I think that's tough. That's very specialized. Yeah, get one of those little snake cameras. Start drilling little holes here and there, taking a look ski. <laughs> Maybe inspectors can uh, add that to their list of services. We check sheetrock for cash. There we go.
See, all you home inspectors out there, we just gave you a new avenue, a niche in the market. We're, we're orbiting out of... Let's orbit it back to a close. <laughs> Bringing it back to a close. So once again, I want to thank everyone. Special shout out. You know, I was thinking, shout out to Cheryl. She's our producer. Yeah, She's Cheryl. awesome. She's never on camera, but she takes care of us. Um, all the, the technical scenes. staff. We'd be nothing without her. So spe special shout out and thank you to Cheryl. Um, and thank you all for your listening. We do really appreciate it. And we love when you reach out and you thank us and you comment, you like you, yeah. any of that stuff, both Casey and I's, um, uh, information are all in the show notes. If you've got a question or anything we can do, hit us up. We'd love yeah, we'd shout love to the you. friends, the family, everyone that supports us. All right. So stay strong out there. We appreciate y'all until next time. Catch, catch you, you later. later. Boom. We got it. <laughs>